At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. listening to The Radiator here at Big Heavy World and now begins Rocket Shop Radio Hour. I'm your host, Abby BK, and with us tonight we have Rackethead. How are you doing? Doing great. Thanks for having us. Of course. And so to kick everything off, I'd love to just go around and meet every one of you. So could you all just say your name and your instrument, your contribution? I'm Henry Stoll and I sing. Hi, I'm Christian. I play the guitar. Hello, my name's Andrew, I play the bass. Woo! I'm Dave and I play lead guitar. I'm Jimmy, I play drums. Perfect. And we love to kick things off with a song, so what have you got for us? We got a song called Dance Me Tonight.
What a way to start off the show. There you go. So I would love to know more about how you all found each other. So obviously, Henry, oh. we met when you played solo. So how did you go from the so solo act to this? Involves sliding into Christian's DMs. Um, I was I was saying this was I knew this was gonna come <laughs> up, man. It wouldn't have happened if he didn't. Was it Andrew Connolly? Yeah, it was Andrew Connolly of Blackwater Band. Yeah. Uh, suggested I t uh, DM Christian about forming a band because he was doing stuff. Um, so I DM'd him, and this is how I sent them that song actually, and then he sent it to everyone else, and that's how we all came together. There you go. There were multiple iterations of this group. How long is it like? Yeah, this this band in its original form started like with Christian and I way back in the day, probably like 2021, 20, way back in the day. Playing on Orchard <laughs> Terrace, yeah, the we, two of Christian us. and I lived together, and we were playing music in our basement all the time, and we were like, why don't we just start a band together? And we wanted to cover some of our favorite like grungy songs, so that's how it formed, and it's gone through a couple iterations at this point. Three-piece to a four-piece to a three-piece to a four-piece to our, our hearty little five right here. There you go. So what does the like writing process look like for you guys? Like who writes what first? How do you all collaborate and work on that together? Uh, so for like, that song example, I wrote that song. Uh, I released it on my own Spotify and stuff. Um, but then I brought it to them, uh, and then they all just added their awesome talents to it. Uh, and I'm super happy with how we all came together and wrote it together, really. I, like, I obviously wrote the beginning of it, but everyone made it ours. Um, and that's the same with all the other songs uh, we're going to play here tonight. Sweet. Yep. You're being too generous. <laughs> <laughs> you are the driving force. <laughs> and so you were also saying um, that you're working on recording stuff at the moment. So can you talk us through what that looks like? Yeah, so Christian actually owns NEPS Studios in Colchester. Uh, he does a really good job with everything. Um, and we're, we're using him uh, to record everything. Um, so we have a song that we're going to play next called What is Enough? Um, that's been in the works for a while. Um, and yeah, we're, we're, we went to the studio a couple couple days ago, recorded the drums and bass, and just working on mixing and mastering it. Sweet. So how has it been kind of having that space, like, right at your disposal? Like, that's quite nice that that's there for you. It's been great. You know, my entire life I wanted to open up a studio, and when I finally had the capacity to, it was something I didn't really think to, I didn't think twice about it, you know. I just left without looking, and... Uh, Took a while to shake out, but I'm glad I'm finally at the point now where people know about me and what I do. And, uh, you know, as, as cliche as it sounds, helping bring other people's visions to life makes me feel pretty damn good. So it, it's definitely amazing to see. Christian and I have known each other since freshman year of college. So like 2018, uh, before, that, before that, like 2017, 2018. And I've seen his process like from the beginning. So like I saw him just mixing songs that he and I wrote or he wrote or someone his friends wrote like to having a studio and to doing like full albums. It's been like an amazing process to watch him see it do. Well, I also, I can give my own two cents about that because I remember bringing my bass up to UVM our freshman year and he's like, mind if I screw around with that? I'm like, <laughs> no, go ahead. And you know, who would have thought five years later that he could put me to shame when it comes to playing an <laughs> instrument, but. It, it absolutely changed my life. He, he, I was like, yeah, let me, uh, let me mess around on that a little bit. And then since then I like got my own bass and then I just started focusing completely on that. So it was, without Christian, I wouldn't be here today. Yeah. So how did you start up the studio? Like what was the process of the initial steps to that? <laughs> Blowing all my savings. That's, that's really, <laughs> that's really what it came down to. You know, there are lots of, 
you know, I did the home recording for a long time, but then once you start to move up to, you know, I started thinking about some of the bigger bands that I know in the Burlington area and was like, well, some of them have, you know, a seven or eight piece drum kit. They got two guitarists. They have a horn section. You know, by the time you get to that, you, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of wiggle room. You kind of have to invest in something that's going to last for a while. But it was really just about uh, having an ounce of blind faith in myself and pulling the trigger on it, and uh, shook out pretty well. So I got nothing to complain about. Gotcha. And Henry, did you just recently sort of move to the Burlington area? Was that what I was getting from what you were saying earlier? Um, so I've kind of always lived around here and that i grew up in massachusetts uh spent a lot of summers in colchester area um but i just about a year ago actually about today uh, i moved back from san diego california i was there for about a year and a half um so yeah I'm, I'm very grateful for these guys for like inviting me into the music scene uh through that dm said dm um so yeah i've been here just about a year like full time so right now yeah, so definitely. if there's anything to take away from this send that dm you never know what's gonna happen <laughs> Exactly. Shoot your shot. So what has it been like kind of traveling from California to here? Did you do music stuff in California as well? Yeah, so I had a friend uh, in California named Luke Glass. I was in a band in high school with him, and we just we, he went off to San Diego State University. I went to UVM for a little bit. It wasn't really for me, so I was kind of in an in-between period. Uh, and he's like, dude, if you can, just like come move out here and let's, let's try and con- continue this. And uh, I ended up driving across the country uh, with my mom. She helped me with the drive. Shout out to Kendra. Um, <laughs> and lived there for about a year and a half, just doing my thing, working, playing music. Um, and honestly, when it got too expensive, I was like, I want to come back to the place I love in Vermont. Um, so very happy to be back here. Totally. And how has the scene been like for you since being back? Oh, it's amazing. I always like knew there was one because I knew uh, Dave Hobart over here of, the back of Blackwater. I met him freshman year when I was at UVM. Uh, I knew the Blackwater guys like Jake O'Keefe, uh, Andrew Connolly, and met Gideon down the line. Um, I always knew there was a scene here, um, but I never knew like to the extent it was, and it's been a great, great time just just getting my foot in the door here. It feels like yeah, yeah. it's a very so, supportive scene. It yes, is. absolutely, very supportive scene. Mm-hmm. In terms of like gigs in the future, are you hoping to do more full band gigs? You're hoping to continue doing some of your solo stuff as well. I would love to do both. Uh, I, I really like to doing the band stuff. That's definitely the priority, um, but solo stuff definitely as well. Yep. Great. Well, we'd love to hear another song, so go right ahead. All right, this one's called What is Enough? Broken gold 
got a question from Bob over there on recording, and he's wondering, so you were saying that you were laying down tracks for the drums and such like the other week. So are you recording all of the different instruments separately, or are you planning on doing some together, and what's your process? Like, why do it that way? Well, when I started doing the drums, we were uh, we already had most of the backing tracks done because Henry uh, does a lot of them in GarageBand to start. And then uh, Christian was so kind to load them up uh, into Ableton that we were easily able to, uh, or Logic, and then we were easily able to uh, just overdub them. He has an electric kit as well, so I didn't have to bring anything in. It's a perfect space if you want to get something done quickly. Sweet. So did you already have like the concept for the whole album already or project already figured uh, yeah. out? Yeah. yeah, I have I have like kind of a stockpile of songs like that I'm just trying to get done. <laughs> You're <laughs> leaking songs. Yeah. <laughs> I'll like he'll come over my house and I'll show him one song by one particular band and four hours later he's like, I wrote an album in the style of this band you showed me. So like we can play we can play some of that. I love that. How like frequently do you say that they come to you songs? Um Honestly, like I, I've tried to practice like singing every day, and that kind of normally includes like trying to write at least something. So, it's honestly a big part of like the writing process, getting the song done. That can take either four hours, or that could take four weeks. So it's kind of like I could write two songs a day, or like it could take two months to write three, if that makes any sense, or to finish three, I should say. Yeah, totally. Like, I've been surprised the seeing them like come together. Like there was a couple we've written together just kind of all at the same time. And it's it's an interesting thing because it's kind of nonverbal. It's like we just play something and then go (laughs) show it it to the other person. And uh, we've had a couple of these tracks come together really, really damn quick. Yeah. Yeah. So through the writing process, do you find that you're writing words first or singing first or doing instrumentation? Uh, so it actually like all those happen differently. Yeah. Um, they happen all at the same time sometimes. Um, sometimes I'll just write down a stream of consciousness to like a backing track that I wrote or just a stream of consciousness or just sing something without any backing track and just kind of freestyle it. I'd be like, la, something like that. I don't know. Um, like that. Yeah. <laughs> and just find a theme or something that I like and write off that. Yeah. yeah. So what's the concept for the project? Or do you like have a name for the album? Uh, we don't have a name for the album yet, um, but the we're works. getting there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're totally. getting there, yeah. Nice. And about how many songs are you planning on having on the project? Um, probably six or seven, eight or, eight or nine, somewhere around there. Chump change for what he's got sitting in the <laughs> vault. Nice. And then any plans on promotions for it as well? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I, we're... We're, I'm kind of new to that, um, so I, I got to figure that out. They they probably got to take the lead with that, um, but yes, definitely promoting it, playing it, playing them at shows. Like we want to thank you again for having us here. This is a huge, huge help. Um, so thank you for that. Um, yeah, just playing live, honestly, getting this heard as much as we can. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So in everybody's experience, where would you want to play live? How would you want to go about promoting what you're doing? It's always nice to start in a band and then reach the higher ground checkpoint. At least up here, there's been a project I've been a part of where, you know, that's, that's happened. We start playing, you know, 6 p.m. slots at a bar or on a Tuesday night. Nobody's there. And then, you know, a year or two down the line, we end up playing a show at higher ground, which is cool. I feel like half of that is just because it's like the only music venue around here. But it's nice to... In this particular area, you can see your attic success. Like, you can see it, and it's a very gradual sort of thing, so you've noticed the change. And with that in mind, like, because Burlington music scene is so supportive and, like, everybody shows up to everything, 
that is such an amazing thing to be able to play there. But like playing here, playing at Radio Bean, like playing basements even, like gives me at least the same kind of like fulfillment because it's like we just get to like play what we love and then be around people who love it too. Um, so that feels amazing. Henry, I'm just kind of curious. Like I know a lot of these songs. So him being the primary songwriter, he'll come to us with these songs that are beautiful, but it's also interesting because a lot of these songs are very like poignant and thoughtful. And then he brings it to us. We're like, <laughs> so, so I wonder, I wonder, have there been any songs where it's like you bring it to us and then it seems to, you know, that energy of it changes or has it gotten better? I think honestly, like, I'm not kidding when I say like every, every time it's gotten better. I can't lie. I, I no, for real, like, I, you, I appreciate all you guys do and I appreciate we're making all these songs ours, you know? Yeah, I told him to say that ahead of time. <laughs> Well, you just mesh well. There you go. So about how many other projects are all of you involved in, like other bands or solo projects? Yeah, you got to come up to the mic. <laughs> I'm personally involved, including this one, with two. They mentioned Blackwater before. I'm also a guitar player in that one. And Sweet. It's nice to be playing with these guys as well. So It would be easier to tell you the band's Jimmy isn't. Than <laughs> That's funny. I, yeah, I fill in around town <laughs> um, <laughs> to different projects all the time. But uh, primarily, I'm with uh, Moon Dogs and uh, Racket Head here and um, uh, Rangus, which is a trans-led uh, punk group in Burlington. Uh, very, very loved, uh, very much in love with Veronica, uh, my band leader. She also does a lot of booking in the area. She's great. Um, who else? Um, I play with Andrew and the Hive as well. and. Um, They've got a gig coming up on Friday. Uh, Jimmy's not going to be there, unfortunately. That's too bad. But we got a great drummer filling in, Cal McCandless, so it should be a great show. Um, and yeah, um, TZQ as well, the Thea Zalewski Quartet, whenever uh, Jonah Baruta's not around. Uh, yeah, like Jimmy said, um, we play together. It's kind of like a funk fusion kind of project, which is like really fun. Just scratches an itch that I like get to jam. Um, <laughs> um, this as well, Rackethead, and then I'm playing with a semi-new project called Frankie and the Fuse, um, which plays Red Square every Thursday. So if you're not busy tomorrow. Woo! We love Frankie. Pretty sweet. Go to it. I do know Frankie. Frankie was just on the show. What? Yes. Oh. We met at Radio Bean as well. Um, so in terms of everybody's like inspirations growing up and musically, how do you feel like that's kind of meshed into this project and especially like writing the songs too? Uh, I like Alice in Chains a lot. <laughs> uh, Lane Staley is my like favorite singer of all time and definitely like just trying to sing like him. I remember hearing their song Junkhead in the car, uh, in, uh, junior high school and it was like instantly like that phase has not left my life it's it's not really a phase anymore it's kind of me uh, um but yeah it's i i see it in every in every one of us uh our influences thank you <laughs> <laughs> yeah i uh i just gotta thank my parents for putting up with me you know when i was very very small probably like four or five years old my dad put me on a heavy rock and roll diet you know, just on his big old clamshell iMac watching little music videos of, like, the Sex Pistols and the Talking Heads and stuff like that. And then uh, my mother for just putting up with me in the basement making the worst noise ever for, like, five years in a row. She just dealt with that. But, you know, I was... Uh, it's interesting because not a lot of my family is particularly musical outside of my sister and I, but they, you know... 
they never tried to steer me in any other particular direction. And so even though it wasn't like, well, being a musician is obviously going to be, you know. But uh, I'm lucky to have had parents that kind of let me chase what I was interested in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I mean... I, my parents didn't listen to a ton of music like around the house growing up, so everything I was exposed to was like kind of in the car. So I kind of found my own way. Like in high school, I got into music and like I started playing guitar. And again, my parents put up for me with me for playing just garbage guitar. acoustic guitar. Um, <laughs> playing Post Malone and Harris 401. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but like through starting to play music, I found some more influences. So like I really fell into like phases of my life where I was listening to certain kinds of things. So, like, in high school and in, like, freshman, sophomore year, I was listening to, like, a lot of grunge and, like, alt-rock and stuff like that. So it's kind of, like, taken me down this, way, like, winding path of, like, figuring it out. Yeah, totally. Um, I'd say as far as, like, picking up the guitar and playing it, what, like, started was, like, Jimi Hendrix and Stevie Ray Vaughan when I was playing, like, junior year of high school. But then coming to college, hearing a lot of different kind of music, like funk stuff, a lot of punk stuff. Um, and like a lot of, I feel like at least for this, a lot of like Nirvana and Black Sabbath stuff comes out on the guitar, which I really like expressing because it's like loud and angry. So <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. See? That's what I say about that. Come off as a loud, very loud and angry guy. <laughs> <to tell. laughs> Um, growing up, my dad, uh, Vinnie Martucci, was like a jazz pianist, and so I was really steep in like uh, traditional like uh, swing and bebop and that sort of thing growing up. But uh, I, uh, I of course rebelled heavily, and I refused to play it for a long time. And uh, that's when I really got into Led Zeppelin and heavier stuff, hard rock from uh, the uh, late '60s and early '70s was like you know Cream and uh, Queen is just a huge influence um, in terms of this project. Um, like Chris Cornell, just Soundgarden in general, uh, Nirvana, all the Seattle grunge scene is like really huge in my heart. Um, Dave Grohl as a drummer, as a songwriter. Um, Chris Cornell as a drummer. If you didn't know, he was the drummer for oh. Soundgarden for three years before like they a found. Drum yeah. <laughs> right, no, it's crazy. I mean, yeah, yeah, he drummed for three years. He was he was the best drummer that they had, and then they didn't know that he could sing. And then once they realized that he could sing, uh, he was he became the singer. That is a Lane Staley ass story, right? it, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> God, if only we knew a singer. <laughs> I wonder if there's like, if in the same way that your parents, or at least your father, was a jazz cat, and now you do heavier music. I wonder if the inverse of that is true, where people who grew up on rock now are now are the jazz cats right yeah i mean well bonham was like huge into jazz big bop guy as well um so yeah a lot of those traditionally like harder pl hitting players got a lot of what they did from like players like art blakey or like dennis chambers uh, like all these other kinds of jazz cats anyway so yeah Sweet. food for thought well thank you all for sharing we would love to hear your next song your third song so go right ahead all right this one's called desensitized <laughs>
good. There we go. <laughs> so, Henry, I have a question. Yes. So, when you're writing, obviously, when you're doing this by yourself, are you thinking about all of the other like bandmates when you're writing now that you've now started playing with other people? Have you started That's to kind of like honestly, hear them in your brain? I honestly, I kind of think, I do think about that a lot, but I also. I also don't want to like limit myself, you know, to like th not not that's a limiting thing. It's just uh, like if it, sorry, that came out wrong. Came out wrong. <laughs> We're holding uh, you back. It's true. Like if I want to have like a solo song, I I just I kind of sit down whenever I play and just think let whatever happens happens. Whether it be with a song I could see with the whole band or just like something just a guitar and me. That's kind of how I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> I have thoughts on that. With with that song specifically we just played, um, Henry wrote that and sent it to me and was like, you're going to love this because it like he wrote it thinking about like two influences, one of mine, one of the bands. I'm a huge Primus fan. Woo! I love Gilles Claypool. Prime and that's sucks. a very, yeah, they suck. <laughs> um, <laughs> he sent that to me and was like, you're going to love this. I was listening to Primus and Tool and was like, we're writing this. And he sent it to me and from there it became this like, we finished it like two days ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So how do you kind of distinguish between knowing when something's maybe a solo song versus one that you'd want to bring to the band? Um, normally, if it's just like one instrument in me, yeah. honestly, that's about it. Um, everything else I just I want to bring to Rackethead. So I love playing with these guys and I, I know they have great abilities to get it going. Yeah, it's totally. been very useful to have someone who's I, th I think of songwriting as like a muscle, like in order for it to stay strong, you need to consistently work it out. And I'm glad at least one of us is, you know, very <laughs> toned in that particular department because there's, you know, there's really like a bunch of different classes of musicians up here. And there is a distinct separation between people who play and people who write and both. You know, totally. I didn't really expect... I mean, with all the jam bands up here and stuff like that, you get lots of people who will come together with no songs and they'll just, you know, crap out a three-hour show. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, so you know, I'm not privy to that. I'm a producer first and musician second, but it's nice to have, you know, different... Uh, like, you know, Henry's a good songwriter. I'm a producer. We got some killer musicians here. It's nice to have a varied makeup. We can uh, we can get very far with the setup that we have. Yeah. So what's on the horizon for Rackethead? Like, what are you hoping to do next? To the moon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, to the moon. <laughs> I just want, like, me personally, I, I just want to keep playing shows and just whoever wants to listen, I, I just want us to be heard by people. That's kind of my vision. And whatever that may mean, I would love to, like, play higher ground someday and hopefully someday tour. Um, that's kind of my vision for it. Anyone yeah. else have thoughts? Yeah, sure. Definitely agree with that. Like, the goal long term is to just be playing. Um, I know we all have backup gigs, but like, um, that's the goal. But my thought about it is like, as long as we're playing together and we're playing live, and it, for me it feels more for us than it does for anybody else, where we can be in a setting together where we're just playing and expressing ourselves. So like, Long term, the goal is to just play, wherever yeah. that may be. Yeah. I love Very that. Well there you go. So um, we are coming to the end of our show. So I'll just have everybody, how can we support you and follow you? We always give everybody the space near the end of the show to just promote themselves. Uh, so we got an Instagram called, it's just Rackethead with a W. Uh, <laughs> um, I think that's 
about it for if they want to hear other songs uh, like that we are playing uh, right now under Henry Stoll on platforms there are songs that we play and we'll probably play in the future um, so you can check those out as well on all platforms uh, but definitely follow us on Instagram and we'll post from there uh, about when we get our own Spotify stuff like that and yeah it's hopefully coming right around the corner how I spell Stoll S-T-O-W-E-L-L thank you there you go. I think we have enough momentum now to where hopefully we're going to be moving towards some kind of tangible, you know, something that people can listen to, Absolutely. you know, something very soon. Yeah. And any upcoming gigs that we should know about as well at the moment? I think we're free right now. We are yeah. pretty free, so <laughs> All right, everybody. <laughs> Everyone listening, get them booked. Yeah. There you go. If you like queer punk, come to Higher Ground tomorrow. Uh, yes. Be a great show. Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, any of the other projects that anybody's in, feel free to also go ahead and promote. Uh, Frankie and the Fuse plays tomorrow. Um, Frankie is playing a solo set 6 to 8, and then the band goes on 8 to 10. Very, like, Olivia Rodrigo vibe at Red Square. Thank you, Henry. Um, and then Friday, we're playing a gig with The Hive. Unfortunately, Jimmy can't make it, but we have Calvin Candless sitting in. Um, that's at uh, a basement, so DM us. <laughs> <laughs> The good news about everyone that's involved in this project is if you track them down and manage to follow them, you're going to be getting music from like five different bands. Right. Or in my case, just whoever is in the studio. So there's a, there's never going to be a shortage of music coming from this particular group with all the other projects that we're involved in, which is nice. Great. Nice. It's pretty nice. Yeah. Well... We would love to hear your last song of the night. So what have you got for us? Yeah. Sweet. This one is called Exit. <laughs> this one's called Exit.
has been Racket Head on Rocket Shop. Thank you guys so much for coming in tonight. It was a blast. Thank you for having us. We appreciate it. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. Next week, make sure to also tune in. We have Cows on the Moon coming into the studio. Woo! For now, this has been Rocket Shop Radio Hour. I'm your host, Abby BK, and we hope you have a wonderful night. Good night.